Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Hey, everybody. Good hey, welcome. morning. Happy Friday. Oh, my goodness. It's Friday. Yeah. How's that happen? Friday. Thank goodness it's Friday. All of the stuff. People, you know, Friday's like a big deal. We're expecting much more snow in the uh-huh. next couple of days. And, of course, people all across the U.S., northern half of oh the U.S. Oh, my goodness. Snow and ice and the whole thing. We don't watch the news, but we have been turning on the weather channel. <laughs> It's like, oh, ooh, this is what's happening in the world. Um, Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's just about making sure I need to see the weather so I know that I'm well-stocked on um, ibuprofen for all the snow traveling. Well, we're going to be in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I know I booked, booked the flights. flights. I am so bad at geography. <laughs> this guy, like, if you ever did trivia and you need to know the capitals of the state and all that, he's the one you want on your team. Yeah. So we're heading to Ohio mm-hmm. um, next week, and and I'm it's just I'm already um, I'm already like okay, so what warm things do I need to take with us right. and to be prepared for for that? But I'm looking forward to it. We have a client meeting out there, and it'll be it'll be great to mm-hmm. to go and to um to meet face to face with with the client. But sure. uh, I'm I'm not looking forward to this is Ohio cold yeah. in the middle of winter and and you know I'm I'm like I'm preparing myself, although I'm trying to send out lots of good positive juju that flights work on time, mm-hmm. that we don't get stuck anywhere, all the fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, we were so. just talking about, we haven't been on a plane in a while. Yeah, we, our yeah. most recent trips we did by car, and so... Uh, Life is dang good. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's uh, we have, we've been, we've been doing most of what we do virtually, mm-hmm. which is what our, you know, that's been our goal sure. for uh, a while. And, and, and we have, good morning, Brian, we have a lot of our friends and colleagues that are like, okay, so where are you guys traveling to? And it's like, mm, this year, mm-hmm. NIADA and possibly TAIDA. That's mm-hmm. Texas. Texas. Yeah. And, so those are the only yeah. ones on our, on our radar. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, we're planning to stay home. You know, yep. we're, oh. we're virtual over here. We, yeah. we do all the, the, the virtual stuff. So, and which reminds me, Oh. Tell everybody again, February 15th yeah. is our yep. dealer roundup. And um, mm-hmm. so we've got, I think I mentioned in the last broadcast that uh, Melanie Goldman, the the uh, popular uh, and fun dealer out of Indiana, will be joining us as one of our panelists. I'm still sending out invitations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, one we've got another that's one that's, that's like, let's see yeah. if I can get my manager to cover the this. And um, yeah, if, if you guys want a little bit more information or get the dates, um, BHPH Nation TV on the website um, it has up, upcoming events. And uh, we'll be doing um, a White Hat Way fireside chats, mm-hmm. kind of a webinar form as well on the off months. And yeah. so this will be where we're just bringing in an expert to talk about the thing, not so sure. much dealer panel, but just a way for us to to bring some um, quality education on single subjects and mm-hmm. that will be around um, the white hat way layering into the subjects that we're going to be talking about. So pretty excited about that. Yeah. That'll be one last be really uh, cool. reminder. We had our first V8 dealer group meeting. Yeah. Group one met last night. And then uh, on the 23rd, we have our group two meeting. Mm-hmm. And uh, so last night's meeting was outstanding. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's just kind of confirming. And it was we, funny because the, the I, those of you who know Jim saw the, he posted a photo of, you know, the live thing and, um, he had a beer sitting there. 
Yeah, that's part of the, <laughs> and I put in the hashtags, peers and beers. Like, that's part of what we're going to be able to do. I mean, it's really, it's uh, yep. being kind of silly, but yeah. it's like the, we're doing Good evening morning, meetings. We can do them from home. Mm-hmm. A couple of our dealers were at their office, but um, but you can do the meeting from home and have, have yep. a beer or have a, a cigar. Um, so, you know, some of the ladies who come like to have a cigar. And so, you know, it's like you know, whatever you whatever <laughs> I've smoked up. a cigar before. Yeah, Not my yeah. favorite thing. Got yeah. really sick, but, yeah. you know, oh, well. Well, we should get um, to our we guests. Should. We should. And listen, this is one of those days that um, there's always, um, you know, important things to know. And I would just say today's broadcast with our friend uh, Brent Carmichael is one of those that, uh, you know, you can either catch it on replay. You can watch it live with us now. I just would say, you know, maybe let your phone calls go to voicemail for a bit yeah. because this is going to be important <laughs> stuff that Brent's going to bring to us. And so I, uh, I'm i looking forward to getting him yeah. in the conversation. You um, are y'all going to the BHPH what? We're, I, we're always, we're always BHPH. BHPH. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Brian, clarify gonna, that. And then uh, it was not a Heineken. Uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was yeah, a Stella. Um, Stella. Yeah. Stella. So, I can't yeah. help myself. Yes, and, uh, yeah. Stella. Somebody saw the photo, but yep. yeah, it was, uh, yeah. it was just kind of nice to be able to be home and have a relaxing thing and have yep. a relaxing conversation. So it was, a, uh, it was, um, it was confirmation in the yeah. format. It's going to be popular. Super cool. So it's that's, all good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different. Yeah. It's different than what, 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 uh, dealers have been able to find so far out there. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's filling a, filling a gap. Yeah. You know, for sure. All right. So we bring in our, Guy, yes. Mr. Brent Carmichael uh, from NCM yes, Associates. Yes, we can. Hello, Brent. Wow. <laughs> Mr. Holy cow. I'm what? in trouble. I did something wrong if I get called Mr. So. Well, I no, mean, no. usually when oh, you yeah. respond to Jim on an email, it's like, hi, young man. Hey, young man. Hey, young man. Young I'm man. like, you too. Yeah. I mean, geez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, I want to congratulate you on the launching of the V8. I think that's great. Um, any yeah. kind of resource that you guys can put out there to help dealers. So anything you need to help support of that, don't hesitate to let me know. So I think that's great. <laughs> Secondly, I'm jealous because I can't moderate my 20 groups with a beer. Um, well, so maybe I, I need to look for a different yeah. thing. I mean, I would love <laughs> to sit up front with Stella, Heineken, Mick Ultra, mm-hmm. anything at that mm-hmm. point. So Sorry, I missed out on that. Um, well, I you're welcome. I do that, you're so. welcome. Anytime. It sounds a lot like <laughs> I plan my events around my alcohol, and that's not it. It's not that. I just I no. enjoy it. Well, only if you're an effective manager, you would. Yes, at that point. So, <laughs> no. I, mean, I always take a drink. We don't know what's actually in this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you it's tea. Well, of course, I'm a redneck. We go to Bucky. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was introduced to Bucky about two years ago, and I was like, I took pictures out front with the bronze statue. It's like, oh, you yeah. guys have to try this because I come have, from uh, the. We got our first one in Kentucky, yeah. what, about a year and a half ago? Yeah. My wife, tell you what kind of rednecks we are, she planned a trip with both of my daughters. Both of my youngest one is currently deployed, but they both live kind of locally. They took a day off just to go to Bucky's. Well, yeah, yeah. first open for the grand opening. Now you know you're a redneck when you plan a vacation day. To go uh, to well, right. where it's, else are you going to find that kind of selection of beef jerky? I, I mean, know. I don't, the whole wall. The cleanest <laughs> restrooms in the world. So cleanest restrooms. Um, it, it, I think Brian, real quick. I think Brian's. Ta- I'm, I'm assuming he's asking about buy here, pay here, uh, United. United. Yes, we will uh, not be there, but thank know. you. Um, we will not be there, but we will be in Vegas in June Sounds for like, NIADA's yeah. conference. So like I I'm fortunate enough that I'll be able to uh, buy here, pay your United has asked me to come and speak at the summit. So again, nice. honored and flattered for part of that. Cannot make NIADA this year, unfortunately. Jeff had mm-hmm. reached out, but 
our groups book a year to two years in advance and it's hard to kind of yeah what oh, sure that that's going to be and similar to TIADA mm -hmm. at the end of July I think mm -hmm. um I think we're going to have a conflict with that again this year, unfortunately. But uh, encourage everybody out there to make sure that any of these that you can go to, go to as many as humanly possible. Yeah, yeah. and so they're if, worth it. Yeah, if you all are going to be heading to Buy Her Pay or United, um, uh, look for Brent yeah. and say hello because he will be there. He will be there. Um, it's it's a little bit of a different format. Uh, you uh -huh. you uh, if you're a vendor, you need to be invited, and that's yes. um. So we're not going to be there this year, but uh, we we were had the privilege of going to the first one, and um have actually gained some really amazing um friends and colleagues and and uh from from going to that first one. It was really it was a great experience. Yeah. So, yeah, all right. Should and we I get to the that. topics of today and yeah, do the thing? So, yeah, it's been kind enough to share some of the NCM benchmark data from their peer performance groups. And uh, so I've, you know, sent over some key numbers and uh, I've got those kind of queued up. I thought before we got into the actual numbers, Brent, we just talk about, I recall that when you were on the podcast with us, I think we did tote to note around, you know, why dealers fail. Mm -hmm. And it, it just occurs to me that, you know, I think we probably talked about it at that time, just all my years of being around business, you know, aside from the car business, like if, if you and I could pick a couple of reasons that business businesses fail, a high, a high, uh, high on that list would be expense control and expense management. Right. I mean, there, and that would be true if we were running a shoe store or a taco yeah. stand or most anything, just our operating expenses. It, it seems to me like just from watching what Jim talking to people about this, that it's, it's easy to watch your, watch your, uh, your flow, cash flow and all of those through your DMS, but it doesn't track your, your operating expenses. And uh -huh. so that's something you have to be looking at an, in a different way, um, in a different you know, it's, it's not all there in one place. And, and it's been interesting for me to observe when Jim's talking to different clients and they're, they're like, Hey, we're not bringing in what we should be. And he's like, well, based on everything in the DMS, you should be good. Yeah. And then it's kind of like this look and it, let's look at what your expenses yeah, may be. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and Brent and I come from a background of doing cash flow <laughs> modeling and doing forecasting for dealers. Another thing we see, Brent, I know mm -hmm. you see it too. Many of the dealers you work with are active in 20 groups. So they get a chance to see a composite and have comparative numbers. But we obviously talk to a lot of dealers who aren't in that situation and they don't have a good measuring stick. They don't really know. It's not like we can go to the public library mm -hmm. and find the books on some other businesses. You could go out there and find some relevant expense um, for comparison. But in our business, I don't believe you're going to find that. And so that just means that, you know, I just think it's especially valuable, the information that you uh, are willing to share today, because it it is hard to find information. I just think mm -hmm. operating expenses in particular are just challenging to get to. And, uh, and I know that you guys go to great detail at NCM to break yours down. And so if you want to share the screen, this I'm going to ask the very first thing I want to okay. ask Brent is, <clears throat> you know, NCM is probably the one who coined the, the benchmark phrase, but talk to me about what is a benchmark. We're going to look at some numbers here and talk to me about just like, what is the definition of a benchmark first? Well, how we calculate our benchmarks and we do ours for buy here, pay here quarterly. Mm -hmm is let's say you have a sample of 100 dealers. Well, they're ranked one through 100 and the benchmark takes the bottom 50 and drops them completely out. Oh, wow. And then it re-averages the top 50 at that point and it takes the top half of that. So it'd be the top 25 
of that 50. So it comes out to be the top 25%, actually comes out to be the top 12.5% of all of the dealers. And in our composite, good or bad, we I think we benchmarked too much, to be quite honest with you, but we benchmarked pretty much every line in our composite. Mm. And what you're going to have is it's not going to be the same dealer. So for units sold year to date, the top 100 or however, whatever that number is, you drop out the bottom half, we average the top, top half of that gross per unit, all ranked again, different because so it could be a different benchmark for each one of those. So if you're a benchmark in one, you may not necessarily be a benchmark in the other. So uh, comes out to basically be the top 12 and a half percent of all dealers per those line items that we look at. Okay. Okay. And so, yeah, that's, uh, I'm glad I asked because that formula is not the way I remember it. So that's, uh, that's good for us to know as we start talking about benchmark numbers. So now let's talk about the definition of expense and it sounds facetious, but I think um, we talk to dealers who maybe don't differentiate between, or they just, you know, didn't have enough accounting experience to know that, you know, your cost of goods sold, like op, uh, expenses on inventory wouldn't necessarily be in this number. So maybe just talk to us about what is, we talked uh, before the show started about uh, owner salaries. Like just talk to me about what's included in the expense numbers that we're about to look at. Well, for us, and again, I'm sure there's a lot of car dealers out there that are on this. And there are things like sales comp and advertising that are actually listed what's called above the line or part of cost of goods sold. We at NCM don't look at it that way. The only thing really in cost of goods sold for us is going to be what you paid for the car to get it there, the recon, those kind of things. And then everything else is considered an operational expense. So we break ours down into four categories. We have variable, which is going to be your sales comp, advertising, delivery policy are going to be the main drivers to that. Obviously, personnel expense. We have semi-fixed expense which is going to be, you know, stuff like your bank and credit card fees and outside services, uh, supplies, data processing, those kind of things are in there. And then fixed expense, um, which is pretty self-explanatory, rent, insurance, property taxes, those kind of things. So, you know, for us, everything but the car, what it costs you to get the car to your location and get it ready to sell is all an operational expense at that point. So, uh, and it's interesting that that you kind of mentioned you know, is there really avenues out there to, to find out why well, are you good in expenses or not? It, it really surprised me, Jim, when I first got onto this side of the business, how many dealers that I started working with were not even getting a monthly financial statement. Yeah. Yeah. And you go, well, okay. Yeah. Some of these are relevant. You know, you know, personnel expense should never be more than this percent of revenue or sales. So there are some basic business premises out there for expense data. Um, mm-hmm that are there but again not having a financial statement even on a monthly basis and maybe i was a little hypersensitive to that because i'm married to a retired accountant that maybe i was more hypersensitive to something like that but um yeah my my first takeaway of today is if you're not getting something some sort of a financial statement on a monthly basis doesn't need to be audited just something to take a look at because it'll give you that income statement for your profit and loss and it'll typically have a cash flow page on there so you can find out not having a probably shouldn't say this not having to be in any kind of a 20 group there's still ways that you can make sure that your expenses are in line yeah it's everything if you don't measure it you can't really know how to fix it if you don't measure it you can't really speak 
uh, about it other than just conjecture and, and, you know, it just, yeah, you need to measure. Yeah. And I think most of our listeners would be familiar with what's called a SWOT analysis, mm-hmm. SWOT. And I, you know, almost always would list in that threat category, you know, <clears throat> operating expenses, if we let that get out of control, kind of like we we're talking about earlier in, in mm-hmm. any business, if we, if we don't have a good lid on our expenses, and as Michelle says, we can't we can't manage it if we don't have have a good look at the numbers. So we, we not only do we see dealers, you know, not have some of them get their financials, but man, they're running thirty and sixty days behind the close of the month. And so it's uh, it's just important, I think, to have not only the expenses but to have timely information so we can get make good management yeah. decisions, you know, about where that money's going. But I think I followed your definition. Did you speak to the? Um, owner salary. Did you say owner salary? If it's a direct payroll expense, like a W-2 thing, you you include it. Yes, yes. And I did not. And thanks you for reminding me. If the owner is taking a taxable salary out of the business, it is included in our personnel expense. So in total expenses in there, it's just a question of what category we would put them in. If it's a true owner operator where they're involved in the day-to-day, you know, they're desking deals, collecting accounts, whatever, sure. then they would be listed under our salary and wages supervision. If they're more of the non, <laughs> non-working non owner, more of an absent owner where they come in a couple of days a week and, you know, mm-hmm. check the mail or whatever, then we would just put them in salary and wages other. Um, but we felt that it's better to include that because that is a true barometer of what's going on in your business. Uh, we don't report dividends paid to ownership or uh, to investors through the composites. Uh, but if they are taking a taxable salary, yes, they are reported. Wait. You have dealers out there issuing dividends. What? what? Well, not as much as they used to, but yes, there are still some out yeah. there that take a little bit of money. And most of them, to be quite honest, is typically just for tax liability at the end of the year. Yeah, gotcha. So, uh, for a majority of them, but there, I mean, Jim, you've seen these. We've come across the dealer that's living out of their business, uh, so to speak. Whether it can be a good thing or a bad thing to a certain extent, but but yeah. Not as much. It's not as common anymore as it used to be now. So I, I can't tell you who it is. So I'm going to share the numbers, but I just talked to a dealer the other day who uh, we actually helped him start in business about a year and a half or so ago. And he has got his business cash flowing about 20 grand a month in about a year and a half, which mm-hmm. is to me outstanding. We don't hear that kind of right. stuff very often. Right. And so they're, um, you know, they're, they're running pretty, pretty lean that has got pretty light overhead and smaller operation relatively small volume but but you know it just shows that you can get to positive cash and and by the way he set up his business to be passive from the beginning not to say he's not involved in the financials and and you know monitoring the business but he's not in the dealership in fact he lives in another state so it's just a, it's an example i think it, yeah. but it's also why we need to know these numbers and so as we move into the actual um, I've got it over here. Oh, so okay. as as we move into the actual numbers i want to uh, it's not that one i've got it it's oh you're gonna okay gotcha so the um, the bottom line is when we talk about these expenses, I think I chose some numbers, Brent, out of the the information that you shared that I feel like would be most relevant, you know, for our viewers, just because it's you've got tons of uh, you slice and dice those expenses a lot of different ways, and you may have some others that uh, you would you would choose to reference. But when I think about the typical dealer, uh, maybe first define. You can see on the screen that I've got um, small volume and large volume, and I just want to remember that some of our our viewers will listen on in the car and, and audio only. So we'll try to describe as much as we can what's what's on the screen. But we've we basically got total expense per vehicle sold, and we've got that segregated by line item for small volume and large volume. So maybe talk to us first about where that line is for small and large for you guys. 
uh, under 10 million and an outstanding portfolio is considered a small volume dealer and anybody 10 million and over is considered a large volume as far as our benchmarks are concerned. Okay. okay. Can you give us a feel for just percentage, like a, uh, is it 60% small volume or what, what's a feel for the mix? Do you know? Our, of all the dealers that we get data from, the average dealer right now is running about eight million in a portfolio, okay. and that's up a little bit. So a majority of our dealers are under the ten million. Yeah, yeah that's true. Of most of the dealers we talk to too, yeah. and so I think you know the small volume number is probably you know going to be relevant to many of our our listeners. And so I, let's you want to just take our listeners through what what's on the screen there. Um, sure. And, what, and for those that they can't see what's on the screen is there's a column for benchmark uh, for small volume and it's listed 2602. So when we go back and talk about, you know, what our benchmark dealers are. So for total expenses, all of the dealers that we had report in Q3 and it's a little over 480 dealers that reported data for uh, Q. And these are Q3 numbers, by the way, um, that we're looking at here. Of those, the best of the best and overall expense per vehicle sold came in at around $2,600. Okay. So when you talk about that top 12.5%, that's kind of where they were in total expense. Again, talking about what we, you know, variable fixed, semi-fixed personnel. The benchmark average, which would be the top 50, let's say, of that 100 dealers was around $4,000. So it's 3921 is the number that's on the screen that you guys see there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we look at it both ways. Benchmark average is everybody that's in the benchmark. Um, benchmark is the top half of the top half. So the benchmark average is just the top half. And you, there is a little bit of a, a pretty good discrepancy in there. And that's going to come back to probably volume more than anything else. Your benchmark average will probably have more of the 30, 40, 50 car a month dealers mm -hmm. in it, where the benchmark will be more of your 15, 20, 25. Yeah. Um, that are the owner operators that are a, you know, a lot leader business to, to your example, Jim, um, that are in there. And, and there's one thing that I kind of want to throw out, maybe a warning or maybe a, a caveat. When I'm working with the dealer, depending on what we're looking at, as far as the metrics are concerned, you know, not everybody is going to get to 2602 in a per vehicle sold expense. They just can't, Right. Uh, somebody who's selling 40 cars a month is going to have a hard time getting to that when a dealer selling 20 a month can get to that just by overhead, right? Just by sheer number of people that are there. So I always throw a little bit of caution out when it comes to benchmark, uh, getting there kind of a grain of salt as to what that category is. I mean, I've got a majority of my dealers would love to be at 2602 in mm -hmm. total expense. Um, they're closer to the 3000. And just as a frame of reference, when I first started with NCM, 17 years ago, going on 18 years now, the benchmark for small volume per vehicle sold was about $1,700. And the large volume was around 2,500. So you can see just over time, you know, mm -hmm. where those have moved just with the cost of doing business in there. You know, we look at the large volume number here under the benchmark average, you know, $4,200. Again, a little bit of a grain of salt with that in that our volumes have been fairly flat. Yeah. over this time last year. So you still have some expense that's gained there. And, and I don't have to tell you that you, those of you that are on, mm -hmm. you know, minimum wage in a lot of states now, 12, 13, $15 an hour. So personnel expenses have gone up, still got the same number of people, but we've had to pay them more and our volumes flat. So again, a little bit of a, just want to kind of manage expectations in that 4185 sounds like a high number or even under the benchmark average for small volume, you know, 3921 seems high. 
we did yeah. have some additional payroll expense this year that we've seen jump, even though volume has flattened. So a little bit of this is volume driven to a certain extent and that our volume mm-hmm. has been flat. So yeah. mm-hmm. got to kind of keep some of that in mind. Yeah. yeah. I, you had a question. Oh, I, it, uh, it was answered. Oh, I don't good. have a question okay. anymore. So the um, the other thing I would, uh, I just did some quick math over here just to make sure, because, you know, I have to have devices to do math anymore. But the, um, the the number I have, if you're a smaller dealer doing a volume of 20 a month, at that 2,600 benchmark, what I'm hearing is some of the most efficient dealers, at least low expense per car sold, there that would be about 52 grand of total overhead. Uh-huh. Um, doing a volume of 22 or 20 sales a month. So I think that's an important number, important number to take away and go back and measure to see, you know, how uh, our own numbers might stack up against that. And then I find it interesting that the, the, the large volume dealer, like in my perception, just from overall business, my perception Mm -hmm. would be that as a dealer grows, they gain more efficiencies, they're able to centralize some things and they would have less expense per volume. But I remember from your uh, past appearances with us that, uh, you know, bigger is not always better in this case. Uh, Yeah, we've had multiple experts that say bigger is not always better. I mean, and again, I I don't want anybody out there to not want to set the goal of, Hey, I want to grow and I want to be big and I want to be the next car hop or drive time or whoever at that point, they're just not as the return on investment is not as high. The larger it gets, it's still going to be very profitable. Don't get me wrong. You're still going to make a lot of money, but when you take a look at stuff like we, we look at, it's not really called this, but we look at profit efficiency. In other words, how much am I making as a percent of kind of what's going out? And, and to me, it's return on investment, but um, that number drops. It's still pretty good. It still can be a mm-hmm. mid-teens, upper teens for a really, really high volume where for a small volume that might be low to mid-20s, maybe even sure. upper 20s at that point. So it's still going to make good money. Sure. It just seems to be it is more work for less of a return, I guess. I mean, the dealers that I've been working with that have shrunk have said exactly that. Yes, this is very profitable, but I'm having to work really hard now to get it. Mm. And I would rather kind of shrink this and make it. I mean, you guys have always, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm fat and lazy, right? I'm, I don't want to work hard at all. You know, most of you know my background. Well, I ran a pretty large operation, 14 locations, 800 to 1,000 cars a month. I would never do that again. It was very profitable. It, it was very lucrative for, for me and my family. But I am. I am just too fat and lazy to work that hard anymore. Um, yep. And the return the return is there, but it's just not as great as it used to be. So, and again, yep. when you start talking about this large volume, you got to remember, small volume, some of these dealers may not have their own shop. So now they don't have the expense associated with that, technicians and those kind of things that go in there where some of your larger volume dealers will take on, have their own reconditioning mm-hmm. center, which adds another level of expense. Uh, to this that that's kind of not there so uh, remind um, me though uh the 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 line is at 10 million so anyone under under 10 million is considered small volume Mm -hmm. anyone over 10 million is considered large volume okay gotcha and that's why i'm going back to you know small volume but only 2602 in a benchmark for total expense right that's an owner operator that is somebody that's desk and deal so we don't have a sales manager Um, we probably have sales staff that's not only selling but probably collecting as well so now where when you get into a on the upper end of the small volume say the eight nine million dollar small volume dealer they're probably going to have a sales manager at the location and 
dedicated salespeople to sell that 30 or 40 cars a month where a smaller in small volume dealer will not. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I take a look at these expenses, you know, per vehicle sold is a good number, but like Jim and I, you've talked in the past, you, you can't just pick one number in a buy here, pay here operation and say, if I'm doing this good, then I'm probably good. Cause there's a lot of things that kind of go into that, um, go into that line item, go into that metric. So, right. No, for sure. And, uh, we wanted to put your email up here and I, I want to verify like the, a lot of the numbers we're talking about today are coming out of your peer performance group, which my understanding from when you appeared before is that you can, uh, be with NCM and get uh, a data service without being in a full-fledged 20 group. So that's a great solution mm-hmm. for a lot of dealers. I think if people, and, and because when you look at these numbers, I mean, Brent was uh, able to share some of the stuff where the, the, they've got details on, you know, very, you can break down variable expense per car sold. I mean, all the tons of mm-hmm. stuff there. We just picked the highlights here for the sake of our conversation this morning, but tons of detail there, which is super helpful. I think for people, you know, assessing their own operation, be able to make a judgment. Well, if I'm, my expenses are high, am I too high in variable? Am I too yeah. high in fixed or where, yeah. you know, where am I off? So, so Brent, uh, let me ask you when you're talking about, um, doing, what did you call it again? The, where you can get in there and see uh, the peer performance, peer performance groups, groups. Uh-huh. um, uh, about like how many buy here, pay here dealers d- uh, typically are, are putting in data for something like that? Well, for this one, like I said, in, in Q3, it, it, it changes. It's not set, mm-hmm. but because we have mm-hmm. some dealers that only report once a year and get a once a year composite, okay. so they would only be in the, for that particular quarter in there. I think the number was just over 480 we received data from that's, uh, through that's Q3, lot, and we great. do year-to-date yeah. data. So at that point, and that number can fluctuate. It can be as low as 420 it can be as it's been as high as a little over 500 so it just depends um typically what we've seen is a dealer will sign up for the one they get the first one and then they like it then they say okay how do i continue to do this and so then they do it every single month but our Mm -hmm. that that report that i sent jim that we're talking about um the benchmarks are ran quarterly um, for us so what we're talking about today would have been through september um, obviously, as December data is just now being reported, so we yeah. won't have Q, we won't have Q4 until typically third week of January. We'll probably have Q4 year end. You typically so, see like big swings based on what quarter it is, because uh, you know, well, it kind of changes a bit um, this, and has ebbs and flows through the year. Well, obviously Q1, right? Th- those numbers are typically skewed because that's tax season. That's mm-hmm. January, February, March. Um, and we know the tax season's kind of extended into March now. So yeah, those numbers, I typically, if I'm working with a dealer, we're, we're not usually using those because those are skewed, right? Down payments mm-hmm. are really high. Profitability is really high. If you're looking at expense per vehicle sold, obviously it's going to be lower um, at that point when you take a look at that. And then you see it kind of level out throughout the year, right? Q2, it kind of catches up with itself a little bit. Q3, a little bit more. Really, the bigger difference, believe it or not, is typically from Q3 to Q4, because that's typically our lowest volume quarter is October, November, December. So if there is going to be a spike, so to speak, and especially on a per car sold basis, that's where it'll occur. Yeah. You know, you'll see that jump a little bit, not drastically. It pretty much kind of levels itself out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you will see a little bit of a difference between Q3 and Q4. Gotcha. Um, I would probably, if I was going to venture a guess, I would say the benchmark small volume expense per vehicle sold will probably come in around 2800 right so it's 200 dollars more it's not much it's about 10 percent, but it just depends and i'm only saying that because of 
the emails and the calls I've had with dealers during Q4 wasn't a very good quarter for a lot of them. Uh, November was pretty slow. December was pretty slow. So I'm expecting there to be that kind of a jump, but it's usually not yeah. that high from quarter to quarter now. Yeah, right. that makes sense. No, that's, that's I, I want to send some of our list, a lot of our listeners um, actually listen over the syndicated podcast um, stations, uh, Brent's email address, because you probably aren't looking at a screen, you know, um, is B Carmichael, B-C-A-R-M-I-C-H-A-E-L at ncmassociates.com. Um, we would really encourage anyone who has listened today, if you are listening on one of our um, the stations that carry the podcast, get onto YouTube. Um, YouTube will actually show you numbers. We did talk about it, but um, uh, and while you're there, like and subscribe, like and subscribe. Please like do. And, and um, <laughs> this is something, Brent. I I was a I was a mod or I was involved when you were a moderator in a group that I was part of with NCM. I don't remember if I ever knew what NCM stood for. Uh, Nichols, Campbell, and Morrow. They were our original three uh, partners and owners. The original founding partners. Outstanding. Yeah. yeah and that, that the, the organization was formed when? 1947. Very good. So, I mean, like right after World War II. Our very first 20 group was a Ford 20 group. Um, the group is still, it's 2001 is the group number. And if my memory serves me correct, there are still five members of that group that wow. the dealership was in the original group in 1947. Wow. Now for 77 years, wow. legacy down. We're great, great grandchildren, I believe, oh, at this boy. point. Wow. Uh, those, but I think there's still five members of that group or the dealership um, wow. was in the original 20 group. And so. these are franchise dealers. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, that was, it was a Ford group. Yeah. I feel wow. like, I feel like NCM has learned a thing or two <laughs> about running 20 groups in those years yeah. so, and all the yeah. stuff. And I, I told somebody recently, you know, on, on starting our little V8 group thing, you know, there's going to be lots of rules and things to figure out as we go. NCM's got, you know, extensive bylaws after all the years of doing what they do and, and all the things they've had to navigate. But uh, yeah, you guys do it well. And of course, Brent, yeah. uh, as we hear from lots of other dealers and folks out there, you know, Brent is, uh, is uh, sharp. He's a, uh, he knows the stuff he's mm -hmm. been around it. he's lived it. he's been in a dealership and, and yeah. he's certainly, I, I know of nobody that's more in touch with the buy here, pay your segment than. than well, Brent. he eats, breathes, sleeps like we do. Um, buy here, pay here, loves it. Well, and not <laughs> only, <laughs> yeah. And not only does he know about buy here, pay here dealers, he knows which ones have a good golf swing and which ones don't. Like he's, that's and and that is something we have not done with you. Right. We would not be those that have a good golf swing, yeah. but we're fun. So oh, terrible. Uh, <laughs> I took this job because, you know, my moderator, when I was a member of both the 20 groups, I was an NCM client and, and back in the day as a lead them 20 group client as well. I saw these guys going to these places and the moderators were playing golf like four or five days a week at nice golf course. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. I play less golf now than I did when I worked for a living. Yeah. So um, I got the wrong groups. Uh, the groups yeah. I got aren't big golfers. But, well, that that uh, came up because Brent is headed into six back-to-back -back, um, 20 group yeah. meetings in Florida. Not surprising that the group and chose then Florida to in where January February. was it? Uh, you're heading Grand out of the country, Cayman. Grand Cayman. I have to go to Grand Cayman then San oh. Diego. Yeah, it's terrible. The next, uh, the next 35, 38 days on the road to, yeah. you know, South Florida, Cayman, and, and San Diego. Please, no violins in the background for this. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's well, all good. Uh, Brent, we really, really appreciate how much you um, are just so willing to, to to step in and and have a conversation. We've talked to. I just want to share with you. We've talked to. Um, you know, we talk to dealers all the time, and uh, one of our recent uh, people that joined the V8 group, actually part of the conversation, you were brought up and about how much they appreciate you mm -hmm. and, and, you know, what it is that you, you add to, um, to dealer, you know, you, you, you create a lot of value for dealers. And so I just wanted to like pass on that shout out, you know, it was, it was completely unsolicited and, um, you know, you're, you're very appreciated. And we, I know that we, we greatly I appreciate that. That's that's very humbling. And like I said, it, it's finally paying off all the drinks I bought throughout the industry <laughs> all of these years. Buy them off. There's my ROI in this. I put it out. There you go. I'll start cash flow at this point. Then I'll sit down with you and we can work out my yeah. cash flow model moving Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and Brent is so busy. We 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 shared with him our schedule for uh, our dealer roundups, which is going to be the new um, event, virtual events. And I think all but one or two. There are two you couldn't make. The, I think two, the, two of the six. Yeah, the, it's going to be with twenty groups, but the rest of the time, it's like yes, 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 yes. So we're really, really looking forward. Appreciate the offer. Looking forward to that. Yeah. I'll extend the invitation here. When your fourth quarter numbers come in, I'd love to have you back and let's do a expanded. Let maybe do a tote yeah. the note recording on uh, on some of the expenses and go into more detail. Yeah, that would be great. You bet. you bet. Anything I can do to help you guys, you know that. All right. I appreciate it. Hey, Brent, stick around backstage if you would for just a minute while we close up, and so we can say proper goodbye. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks. All righty. Well, I it's good always stuff. such a pleasure. Yeah, it's, good it's always such a pleasure. All right. Well, we it is Friday again. I think you remember that from what we talked about at yeah. the beginning of the podcast. Friday, go enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back on Monday. And I don't think we have a topic yet, no, but we, we'll figure gonna, something out. Gonna, something you know what we're going to do another Friday for yep. next week. Have a fantastic rest of your week, guys. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we will talk to you later.